Okay, everyone, we're back. This is part two. Uh, we're still here with Irina. She is dangling recipes above our heads like it's candy and then pulling it back because we're not paying money. <laughs> um, all right, team, we're back. Here we are. And I'm going to throw some left field questions in that we didn't even <laughs> get ready. This first one's mine. Um, then we'll jump back into some of the other things. Uh, but one of the things I wrote down is uh, how do both of you know? That, okay, so this is a dating question. Um, context, when I first met these two on our first uh, level two improv class through Easy Laughs, shout out uh, here in Amsterdam, we all went out for drinks. You know, I don't really know these people, but they all look really fun. And we sit down and we instantly start talking about Tinder and Bumble and the world of online dating in Amsterdam and how the guys here suck or something. Um, and, and, and thank you, by the way. <laughs> not all of them because Joey was there and he's like, hey, I'm Dutch. And I was like, I take no part in this discussion. Um, anyway, so how do both of you know uh, in the dating world that you've found a winner? Whatever that means to you. Oh my god, that I found a winner. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we wouldn't you know? be single if that was the case. Like, okay, here's the context to my question, the way I'm thinking about it. Mm. Coming from the Christian lens, there's a lot of input on, on what type of person you should be and what type of person you should be with. Um, someone who's selfless, somebody who's um, got a plan for the future. And especially within religion, it's like you're on the same page. And so then I'm curious from like a non-Christian standpoint, um, how do you know when you have a winner? So there's, there's somebody you know that you're attracted to, and that can be like, I don't know, sexual attraction, physical attraction, or you like their personality. But then what is that next step of knowing you've got a winner where it's like, I could see myself with this person for a lifetime, hypothetically? Oh man, I honestly, the first thing that pops in my mind is that most of it is the same, like you said, so until like if someone's religious or not we don't have to 100 percent be on the same page i mean for most things probably but i think the best relationships are formed from oh hey i'm a gamer and you like books and going out and somehow we can make this work i think the moment you can make the differences work is the moment you find a winner so to speak at least i think that for me is what works best so it's, it's once you've found somebody that you've spent enough time with that you've worked through the differences. Yeah, and not just differences on beliefs, but uh, hobbies, politics. A good example is actually my uh, good friend uh, who you've heard me talk about a lot, you two specifically. Uh, and she and her boyfriend are complete opposites. Like he's a full-on nerd. He... But at the same time, he's also really into working out, uh, both like going to parties, but he has Dungeon and Dragons nights, for example. And I'm not even sure if that's a game they play, but they, he is such a big nerd and she's the complete opposite of that. She's like, I'm a party girl. I go out. I like my, going out with my friends, drinking and partying. Now she's becoming a little bit older. She's calming down a little bit. But they work through those differences. And I think that is what makes a winner. The moment you can be like, hey, we're both completely different, but we're also 
together and that works? Yeah, I think for me it has to do a lot with what are the what what are those core differences that you cannot work through. Um, because there are okay, if when it comes to hobbies, as long as you know you are fine with having your group of friends with you whom you can spend those share those hobbies and spend time with, uh, it's okay. Uh, I don't agree with being fully different because you still need to have common activities. Otherwise, as a couple, you're going to grow apart very quickly mm. and you won't be spending as much time together. Um, but then when it comes to core things in who you are and your personality and, and what you want for your life, uh, this is how you can tell you see yourself with someone. So... I know in my case, for example, I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids. And this is something that I bring up very early, probably in the first date, because otherwise it's a waste of time. Uh, if somebody really wants to have a big family or, or not even a big family, but just one kid, that's already a deal breaker. Um, and and then it also has to do with, with the personality. So if I am someone who has the tendency of putting other people, um, other people's feelings and needs in front of mine. Um, being with someone who is very selfish, it's not going to work because that person is going to take advantage of me. Hmm. I also need to find what are those qualities that are going to um, help us um, individually and, and as a couple to make each other stronger and not hmm. destroy each other yeah. Hmm. yeah fully agree Irina so you don't want to get married but is it is it the hope to find somebody that is in some realm of the soulmate life partner like someone that you spend uh hypothetically the rest of your life with or is it like partners for a season uh no I don't have a problem with having a, a committed long-term relationship I'm definitely for monogamy for example so hmm not like a you know i just i don't want to sleep around or something like that it's just that i don't i think that marriage is more of a transaction a business is something that is needed so for example if i was with a partner for a long time and um, maybe we want to move to another country and uh, because let's say i get a job or he gets a job then in order to get a visa and so on, just for paperwork, marriage would make sense. Hmm. But I believe that the commitment has to come from your integrity as a person and from love that you have towards a person rather than because a piece of paper is forcing you. Hmm. That's a good thought. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good thought. <clears throat> yeah, I think for me, uh, just thinking about marriage, um, marriage is about the long-term safety of a relationship for me. Uh, and it's something that ensures that. I, I think marriage, you know, is about commitment. It's like in the vows that you make <clears throat> till death do us apart kind of thing. Um, that on the front end, you're saying, I am committing myself to you no matter what happens in life. You know, you've got, it's, it's really beautiful language, but sickness and in health and 
um, <clears throat> and especially just the changes that somebody goes through in life. Uh, you know, the, the Brianna that I married when I was um, 25 is going to be a very different person from the, the Brianna when she's in her 30s and her 40s. Um, you know, we're about to have a kid. And so uh, we just experienced all sorts of changes. But the marriage kind of from the get go says, uh, we we're sticking this out no matter what happens. And I think it's helpful to have that ceremony on the front end uh, where you've got witnesses, you've got people there that are like, Hey, we're for this couple. We're going to help you in your marriage. We're going to be there for you. You've got, um, it's a religious ceremony. So from coming from my standpoint, it's we're appealing to a higher authority than just kind of like what you said, Irina, like if it is just um, for the benefits for the, I don't know, the healthcare, you know, like whatever my taxes. Yeah. Um, so that's under the government. But then from a religious standpoint, it's like we're appealing to a higher authority within this marriage that we're going to stick to what we've said here. Um, but then ultimately, when that commitment's in place, um, I think Joey and I, we, Joey, I think we talked about like one night stands with that episode with Douglas, but like one night stands are the epitome of no commitment. It's like all performance, it's all sexually oriented. And then long-term monogamy is where that safety is like insured so that those two people can know that this person's not gonna abandon me no matter what happens, no matter that, yeah, what changes and that kind of thing. But it seems like you guys are not necessarily against that, you're for that, but you just don't think you need the institution. Joey, I don't wanna put words Yeah. Oh no, but listen, the, the thing with marriage is I am on the side of arena with this. I do not see marriage as, an, as a necessity, but all my friends are like, come on, man, you're going to get married. <laughs> Just give up. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I think, I mean, what you, what you said is it, it's really beautiful and it's the way that it should be. Um, but unfortunately that's not what happens in real life for a lot of couples right even so, christian couples i mean yeah exactly you can be married the government whatever and you can still cheat you yeah. can still decide to open up the marriage because you're not satisfied uh you can still treat your wife or your husband like crap so it's it's not it doesn't really ensure any of those things. Hmm. Divorce all the time, or they stay in an unhappy marriage, going behind each other's back, or just like suffering and you know suffering in silence or whatever. So it's it's not it, it's not math. You know, it's not like because we're married now this is really going to happen. I right. mean, yeah, that would be the utopia, but it's not. Really was the case, I would be up for marriage. But because, it was like a, you know, oh, the commitment yeah. is can be there with or without the marriage. Then I just listened to a really great podcast a couple actually last week on my great bike ride home from improv in the middle of the night, and it actually had the same topic on marriage. And the problem with most marriages is that the relationship changes the moment you get married. There. It was a specific topic uh, at the moment about a guy who got married to his then girlfriend. And all of a sudden she was like, hey, it's six 
uh, at night or uh, it's six around dinner time, uh, you have to be home. You can't go to the bar with the boys, even though before that it was not a problem. So after marriage, she got a certain thing in her head that, oh, everything has to be different because married people do these kind of things instead of what you normally do. So to make a marriage work, you should actually not make those gigantic changes in your normal everyday life, at least not in the beginning. Which is totally what Iran is talking about too. Like it can be so hard because somebody can flip, you know, often it's the, uh, it can be both parties, but I've heard, you know, just horror stories of the guy who's totally charming and totally, um, you know, does all these dating and cute things and he's really patient, whatever. Um, and then he locks, you know, he locks her in with marriage. It's like, she's committed now. Um, yeah. And often, like, to be honest, this can, this can happen from Christian marriages. Um, and, and it's just like a 180. And, the, and he can become abusive. He can become controlling, jealous. Um, yeah, and it's super scary. It's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, and, and in those moments, you, you don't want divorce to be off the table because you want her to be able to protect yourself if this is a bad marriage. And, and not only that, the fact that you actually need to get divorced makes it more difficult. That is the reason also why I don't support marriage. I'm not, I don't want marriage for myself. It's because if I stay in a relationship, it's because I really love the person and I want to be in that relationship and I want to fight for it and I want to do everything to keep the relationship alive and, and going well. But uh, not because I'm forced by a paper or because I have a very difficult situation where I don't want to go through all the paperwork of a divorce or I don't want to, maybe there's a prenup or something. I mean, there is so much technicalities around it that make it very difficult. So, for example, a woman that is suffering from abuse, domestic abuse, mm-hmm. I'll just leave like that, you know. Well, if you're not married, it makes it easier. Mm. For sure. Although <clears throat> on the flip side, you can also throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. What a horrible phrase. But you can, <laughs> have you never, have you guys heard that phrase, that English phrase? No, it, never. Yeah, what? it's horrible. But basically the thought behind that phrase is, you, <laughs> I don't even know, I don't even know the context of this, but it's the idea of throwing the good out with the bad. So of course you're right um, that there is bad examples of, of this being like a, a stifling situation that it's hard to get out of. But also if du- divorce is too easy, then people based on just like emotions will jump out of something um, that they could have worked through. And actually, I think it uh, actually, honestly, Joey, it's in that book that you let me borrow the subtle art of not getting a feck as the Irish say. Um, it talks about uh, some things you will not enjoy to the fullest degree until five years in, 10 years in. Mm-hmm. He talks about like a career, but he also talks about a relationship that you won't get to the full joy of being with that person unless you've gone through, you know, whatever it might be. There's no, there's no actual time limit, but it's the idea that uh, gratification gets better at the more time and effort you put into something. But that's also my point is, if I stay in a relationship without the paper that is forcing me to stay in that relationship is because I love the person and I am committed. So that's precisely my point. It's like, I want to make that work 
because it comes from the heart, not from a piece of paper. Yes. So I see it more from that side. And I also want the person that is with me to fight for the relationship and to fight to be with me because he wants it, not because he's obliged by a paper, because he's too lazy to get a divorce or something. For sure. For so, sure. so I don't see it as, you know, like uh, something that, uh, well, you know, like, oh, we don't get along. Like he always drinks the milk and then puts the empty bottle back in the fridge or something like that. So we're breaking up. No, I'm talking about, like, I had a boyfriend for five years. We lived together for four. Uh, we went to couples therapy for six months and everything. Mm. Or we ended up breaking up. So we definitely fought for that relationship. We tried our best, but in the end, it was not working out anymore. And you, sure. it also helps you to make the decision of hard ways before you end up. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the counter to that as well is sometimes within a relationship, you need big momentous events to really help filter out if these two people should be together. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, one that on a more secular side of things would be moving in together. That's kind of like the, um, the, you know, filtering process of like, will we, will we work? Are we compatible? Can we share a life? Um, mm -hmm. But Christians don't usually go that route. So things for Christians are more like, um, can we be long distance? Long distance is a great filtering process. Is the relationship still growing in, in how we feel about each other and how we interact, even with us not being right in the same place? So Brianna and I had to go through a whole year of long distance, which was like really good for us. Um, but then also planning a wedding. There's something about a wedding that you're, you're like putting, you know, obviously you're putting your relationship on display uh, and there's a whole bunch of planning and depending on what kind of wedding you have, there could be a whole lot more planning than you anticipated, but there's something about the momentousness of that moment. It brings up a whole bunch of conflict. It brings up a whole bunch of stress and it's, it's necessary in my mind so that that couple experiences those things and says, yeah, I still want you. I still wanted this. Uh, even though it's hard. And even though I've seen you at your worst, it's like, you're like, you're kicking up the dust kind of thing. And, and obviously that's not all that marriages are. It's just one of the nice byproducts of it. And so for me, how do you know if you've got a winner? It's kind of similar to what Joey said, but it's, have you seen this person in all of their different moments when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're frustrated, when they're super angry, have you guys had conflict? Um, and have you seen enough glimpses of who they are? to know how they might change in the future, to know that you want to be committed to them uh, for the long haul. And uh, yeah, and I don't actually even think you need to move in with somebody to actually have all those experiences. Um, but yeah, there's something about early on in the relationship, because I think without marriage or other things, um, you're kind of just skating by and there's nothing really to test it until it just kind of, um, it just kind of, uh, what the heck is the word? Like fizzles out. You just, you fall out of love. That's what often happens. People are like, well, yeah, mm -hmm. just, we had a good run and now we're not in love anymore. But I think it's because they didn't really have something in the beginning um, really making them examine things is maybe what I'm thinking. And, mm -hmm. the, and the commitment of marriage is that examination. Hmm, that's a very interesting thought. 
it, it, I think it really depends on where you stand in life. Like for Arena, there will be other things that will be challenging. In my mind, I definitely want to have kids. So even if I don't get married, I think raising a child together, eventually moving in together, uh, going on your first vacation together and yes. planning that is also a kind of challenge. And I make it as a joke, but a lot of couples actually break up because of the planning of a vacation because you will yeah. find out what kind of person you have with you if you're stuck in a, in a tent for three weeks together. Like, are, am I going to murder this person or are we going to be happy forever? <laughs> but Arena, I want to ask you a question because I asked this in one of the first episodes. Um, so could you be together with someone that has a religion like Christianity or maybe another religion? Could you date or be together with that uh, person? Probably not. Straight answer. <laughs> yeah. How come? <laughs> um, because I don't really believe in religions. Um, I don't, you know, people are free to believe in whatever they want, but for me, religions are, are very restrictive and it's a way to manipulate the masses. Uh, so hey, that. Karl Marx. Sorry? Wait, Karl Marx. Isn't he the one that quoted that? Oppression to the masses? Uh, yeah, could be. I don't anyway, know. That's, going, that's my own way of thinking. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, probably you're, you're right. Um, but yeah, it's just like very, very restrictive. And, and, you know, all these rules and all these rituals that you're supposed to do every time and so on. And, uh, and restrictions and like what you eat. And, and so there are religions, some religions that I like less than others i'm not gonna go into which ones um but um especially being a woman but uh yeah i definitely uh try to avoid dating religious people and and i want to stay that way <laughs> <laughs> but you never know never say never right so never say never I'll control that if you liked this episode, go ahead and give the rest of Irina's part two a listen. She goes into Christians and why she thinks they're hypocritical. And uh, for all you out there, you're listening to Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. Thank you so much for listening.